on the block on demand. Without Jerry McNamara, we wouldn't have won 10 games this year. Okay? Not 10. Two seconds and one. It's 10 wins in a row for the Crunch. It's the biggest upset in the Carrier Dome in more than 30 years as the Orange hold off the defending national champions. They beat Clemson. The Bills make me want to shout. McCoy in the backfield takes the handoff, runs up the middle, breaks a tackle. He's inside the 10, cuts to the left, into the end zone. Buffalo wins. Back to full. Red Sox fans have longed to hear it. The Boston Red Sox are world champions. Somebody in Vegas told them they were going to win by 20. They'll look at the positive side of things once in a while instead of the negative all the time. This is On the Block. Here's X-Men. ESPN Radio 97.7, 100.1, ESPN Radio, Utica, Rome. What's up, Mohawk Valley? Great to have you on board. Along for the ride here on this Tuesday. If you're listening on the ESPN app, that's a terrific way to take us with you wherever you go. You download the app, you find the Listen tab, you find us, ESPN Syracuse, or ESPN Radio Utica Rome, and off you go into the world, do things, accomplish things, check things off the to-do list, come home, sit down at dinner and say, I did something today. And I was listening to On the Block with Brent Axe, ESPN Radio, while I did it. We like to go places. It's fun. So please take us with you wherever you go. Do you have Alexa? Do you have the smart device sitting there spying on you in your home? Beautiful. Now you can listen to us. While she does that, ESPN Syracuse is on your smart speaker. Just search ESPN Syracuse on your Alexa app, click Enable on the ESPN Syracuse skill, and then you can say, Hey, Alexa! You probably want to ask a little more politely than that. Alexa, please play ESPN Syracuse, and you can do that. So, however you're taking us in today, we greatly appreciate that. You can listen on the radio, you can listen online, you can listen... By smoke signal somehow. I don't care how you do it. I would like you to participate as well. 437-7644 is the phone number. Brent Axe Media on Twitter. The text line is 288-0644. We will certainly dive more into, look, the quarterback issue will be there all week unless Dino Babers changes his mind and declares who his starting quarterback will be. Some of you have brought up a question I want to ponder today. Well, why not play both of them? I'm not a fan of that, but it's not the craziest suggestion in the world. There's also a really good quarterback on the other side in Ryan Finley, who's not quite having the dominant season some expected, though he's still pretty darn good. He's one of the top quarterback prospects in the ACC for the National Football League. He's the best pocket quarterback in the ACC. I think Trevor Lawrence is rapidly closing that gap, but you got a Syracuse defense that's in a, in a spot here, and this is all adding up to, and it doesn't mean that's what's going to happen, but this is all adding up to a shootout Saturday night at the Dome. I mean, all the elements are there. So we'll start to look at, oh, yeah, the game itself. It's pretty big, 22nd-ranked team in the country. First Saturday primetime game in Syracuse, New York, since 2010. I heard that today. Sue Edson, 
of Syracuse Sports Information. We'll give her a shout-out. She told me that today. I said, wait a minute, go back a second. Can you repeat that for me? I couldn't believe that. First Saturday primetime game since 2010, and that was against Connecticut when Syracuse started 7-2 and under Ryan Nassib and company before going to the Pinstripe Bowl, the first of two Pinstripe Bowls in three years. There's been plenty of Friday night primetime games in Syracuse, but the first Saturday primetime game, and not only that, there are games that are scheduled ahead of time for certain reasons, Friday night games being one of them, and then once you get you know about into week four, five, six, then you know the ACC's version of flex scheduling, and every conference does it, begins. They start picking and choosing game times, and they want the prime games in prime time. They want their best teams in prime time. This was a game that w- was put on the six-day hold, selected for either ESPN2 or ESPN, and ABC was in the mix a, a little bit there. But this game was selected to be held for primetime because of what it would mean in the ACC standing. Syracuse took care of business. NC State did not, but would still be a valuable property for television because they'd be either 6-0 and or 5-1. and Had they beaten Clemson, they'd be more of a desirous property, but still. These are the games that are selected, that are put into spots to maximize audience. So will the crowd show the nation what Syracuse football is capable of? Will the team show what they're capable of? And there's been some big wins in town in recent years, many of them in the upset variety. This is just a straight-on, mono mono can you prove you're moving up the ladder in the ACC kind of game. So plenty to discuss on that front. We'll do hot takes as usual. little thing called the World Series starts tonight. Hey, Nurse Ratchet, you mind put it on the World Series? Red Sox and Dodgers. I'll try not to be too obnoxious about the Red Sox in the World Series. Notice I said two because I will be obnoxious about the Red Sox in one way. And uh, Matthew Fairburn's going to join us. So we got a loaded program. But, yeah, the quarterback. Now, we've gone over the merits of starting Eric Dungy. We've gone over the merits of starting Tommy DeVito. It will be an issue throughout the week. We mentioned the slot that this game has, ESPN2 primetime. They'll make it a thing. Our good friend Beth Mullins is calling the game. So this all makes for juicy discussion. What makes for the best strategy football-wise? I mean, anybody that would suggest that Putting Tommy DeVito in this game is foolhardy. I just, I don't know what game you were watching on Saturday and what just obligates Eric Dungy to come in and start. And you can tell me about four years. You can tell me about what he's done for the program, his dedication, uh, senior leader, and you're not wrong on all this stuff, but what coaches tell me all the time is the best guy plays. And what Tommy DeVito has at least earned is to be in that discussion. Do you play the best player? Do you play the best quarterback for this team right now? That might not be DeVito, by the way, as crazy as that sounds to some people. I think he is, and I put a lot of thought into that because I'm getting the tweets, and I understand why some people would tweet this because, look, there's certain people that only follow me occasionally on Twitter or, God forbid, only listen to this show from time to time. I mean, how dare you, right? But, look, I don't play the controversy game. I don't play the hot take game. We do a segment called Hot Takes That's hot. on this show, but if you listen to the show, you know kind of the context of hot takes. There's a reason we call that segment Hot Takes, right? But I don't do that. 
what I say on this radio show is the same thing I'd say to you if you saw me in Wegmans or if you saw me getting a haircut or in the coffee shop or wherever. I try to put a lot of thought into what I say. I try to be prepared to what we do. It doesn't always mean I'm right, but I don't do shtick. I don't come on this show and, and push buttons because it's good for ratings. If my opinion happens to fall in that court category, great. But I'm not that guy. But I, I get the tweets from people, and again, I understand because there are people out there in the world, believe it or not, that do that. And they make a lot of money doing it, Skip Bayless. So I get it, but listen, I didn't start this. And you didn't start this. This is not... Okay, Dungy hasn't played well, so we're leading some sort of grab the pitchforks and march to Baber's office and ask for DeVito to play. The coach put in DeVito. The coach did. With 5.07 to go in a one-score game where they trailed, and it was not an injury-related thing. This was a football decision. So people that say, ah, you're just pushing controversy. Explain to me how I'm pushing a controversy. When it was a coach's decision, and that coach has not named a starter for the number 22 team in the country in a primetime game that can make you bowl eligible. Some people say, well, why are you still talking about this? This isn't a question. Uh, it kind of is because they haven't named a starter. Now, internally, they're going to know, and they're going to try and keep that guarded. So what happens is what you've got to be willing to accept is when you keep a certain faction in the dark, namely us, the media, and the fan base that speaks in a public forum about this, what are we going to do about it? We're going to speculate because that's what you've left on the table for us. If you feel it's better strategy for your football team to keep it internal, to not name a starter because you feel Dave Dorn will have more work to do to prepare for you, then I can understand that. But you have to understand, and by you I mean Babers, I mean anybody that is just bewildered by this discussion what you need to understand is when you leave us in the dark we're not really going to say eh, okay we'll see you saturday no it's the quarterback position if there was a ponder of who plays left tackle or long snapper this week maybe we don't get quite a discussion out of that but when it's the eighth game of the season and we don't know who the quarterback is that's kind of a big deal so if you want to poo poo that you go right ahead the rest of us are over here, I think, asking legitimate questions and having a discussion about it, which, by the way, is sports. Again, what do sports fans do? They talk about sports. They ponder. They speculate. Coaches sometimes listen to this show, sometimes call this show, and they're just bewildered by this. It's like, well, there's a difference between when you're in it every day and you know more than we do and don't tell us versus us who get a certain amount of information and are fed certain things and have to speculate about others. And that's what fans like to do. Who's going to win or lose the game? What's this team ranked? Who's going to play quarterback? Who's the better quarterback? I mean, that's sports. It's good, juicy discussion. It's fun. It's harmless, right? But when you start getting into, and I said it clearly on this show, and I'll continue to say it as clearly as I can, I'm not using the word controversy. It's not a controversy. It's a quarterback decision. It's a quarterback ponderance. It's a quarterback I don't know. Call it whatever you want. It's not a controversy. Controversy is juicy. It's sexy. Oh, controversy. Put up a big graphic on the screen. Who's going to play for Syracuse? Controversy. I mean, you can call that if you want it. That's not what I call it. It's just a quarterback discussion. But it is a discussion. 
I mean, you guys, some of you sound like truthers out there. At the mere suggestion that Tommy DeVito should play this game. Did you watch? On Saturday when down a score, they put the other guy in? And have you seen what has led up to that? Like, this is at least a discussion. Now, fair question to ask. Because a lot of you have been responding to me in various forms saying, well, why not play both? Ultimately, that's probably what we could see. I'm not a huge fan of that. I think a quarterback's got to, or pardon me, I think a football team's got to know who their quarterback is. But it's not to say you can't, and I'm just spitballing here, start DeVito, but put Dungy in in certain scenarios, RPOs, certain game situations, mix it up, keep NC State on their toes. I mean, you've got to do everything you can to beat this NC State team. And if you now, eight games into the season, have a two-quarterback situation, you have a good problem in that you have two capable quarterbacks on your roster where one does certain things well and one does others better, then maybe you can do that. If Dino Babers and Mike Lynch and this coaching staff looks over it and they feel that this offensive line, this offense can handle two quarterbacks, and the offense feels like they both can play, they can get into enough of a rhythm and do what you have to do, and this is a Syracuse team. Keep in mind, the advantage of playing two quarterbacks is this. They run 84 plays a game. They are in the top 10 in the country consistently and are in that statistic right now of plays per game. So when you're running that many plays, you can switch out a quarterback. You can mix things up. Why not go for it? If anything, you can make the case and you can talk me into the best strategy is to play both. Now, to me, that's actually a more worthy discussion. But there are certain people on these airwaves. There are certain people on Twitter. There are certain people from high places above that, that just it's just it's propaganda for them to suggest. How dare you suggest that Eric Dungey cannot play in this game? Um, well, you know who did? The coach did. The head coach when he put in DeVito with 5.07 to go in a one-score game where you trailed. Are, are people, like, mocking Dino? Like, if you see Dino in the hall and he said that, would you say, how dare you, sir? No, he made the call. He made the decision. So that's what makes it a discussion. And it would still be somewhat of a discussion if Dino came to the presser yesterday and said, look, I understand what happened in that game. I did what was best for my team in that game. Eric Dungy's my starting quarterback. Would that completely put the fire out? No, but at least you would know, and we would know, and it would be a fully speculative thing about, well, what are the scenarios where Tommy would play? I mean, let's just be real about this. That wouldn't completely kill the discussion, but we'd have some clarity. Playing both in some capacity as a game plan, I think there's merits to that discussion because they've both earned that time in certain ways. But, look, this is going to sound harsh, and I don't mean it to sound harsh, but what Eric Dungy has done to this point certainly has to be weighed, certainly has to be looked at, certainly has to be thought about. But you are in no way, shape, or form obligated to put him in there because of what he's done to this point. You play to win the game, as the great Herm Edwards once said, and you put the best players in. 
Tommy has at least earned a role in that discussion. And anybody that just poo-poos that idea, I just I don't I don't know what game you were watching. I really don't. 437-7644, Brent Axe Media on Twitter. The text line is 2880644. We will certainly discuss that. NC State, yeah, they're pretty darn good. We should probably start, you know, at least shining a bit of the spotlight on that game, on that team, everything that's going to be happening around that game, what kind of crowd they're going to be, all the activities on the quad and everything they've been doing will continue. So there's a lot to get into around this game. But that quarterback thing is always kind of looming there, as it should be. It's a legit discussion. Right now, oh, Lee Baldwin is joining us. Lee, man, what's going on today? I'm, the stock market's plunging. Things are happening. <laughs> Our pets' heads are falling off. Did things recover by the end of the day? What what happened out there? Well, I, I'm I'm going to surprise you, but uh, uh, you know I hope we don't get rained out tonight, Axe Man. Oh, we better not. Because there's an old adage that you know if you have a swoon in October, it ends with the first pitch of a World Series. So we need that game to go on tonight. <laughs> yes, we so. do. Yes, we do. So we did fall about 500 points on the Dow at the worst today, but it kind of slowly came back all wow. day. At about 3:30, we were about to go positive. Good. We didn't quite make it down about 100, but. Uh, I think we'll be all right with this, but a little scary throughout the day. Our diamond was McDonald's. They had a supersized gain of over $10 per share after they reported earnings. And our dog, we're going to go with... Uh, See what you did there. I like it. You like that? I like it. <laughs> um, we'll put this on a post-it note if you like that. Uh, 3M was our dog, down 9 bucks. So pretty rugged action today, but, I, you know, we'll get through it. So. There you go. You got to ride the waves up and down. Patience prevails. And for all the great advice... They should come hang out with you. Or oh, any of your anytime. Great, there oh. you go. Anybody at your uh, great offices in Kaz and Utica, LeeBaldwin.com, they'll lead you down the right path. Thank you, Lee. All right. Thanks, Brent. That's Lee Baldwin, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, they better play that game tonight. Grandpa's going to stay up that late. They better finish that thing. Come on, Mother Nature. We want to watch the World Series, Nurse Ratchet. All right, let's break. We're going to talk a little football next, but shift gears to... <sighs> we got to talk out this Bills thing. We got to figure out if it's going to be worth it for me to actually watch this team the rest of the season. And coming from me, that's a big question. We'll do that coming up. Matthew Fairburn, our good friend from the Athletic, joins us next. You're on the block, ESPN Radio. This is on the block with Brent Axe. Welcome back. You're on the block, ESPN Radio do it man let's crank it up let's do some takeies that are a little warmer than usual we've got a hot one for you oh you're hot why thank you so are you and i'm not afraid to cry so hot man it's hot how hot is it it's so hot i poured mcdonald's coffee in my lap to cool off <laughs> it's time for hot takes on the block. And hot takes are brought to you by the Press Room Pub. The Press Room Pub, the number one sports and entertainment venue in central New York. We were just there on Friday. We're going to be doing more shows there on uh, certain Fridays in the upcoming months. It's a great place to hang, get some cold beverages, some great food, watch the game, or just hang out after work. It's in downtown Syracuse. It's one of the great new spots in Syracuse, and you should absolutely check it out. Uh, yes, I said takeies, by the way. Deal with it. Just deal with it, man. Come on. You got to stay hip with the, the, the kids out there. Got to keep it lit, dog. 
So the Giants traded Eli today. Yes, they did. That'd be Eli Apple, their cornerback, but hey, they're getting there. A trend that continues here. This is just the latest first-round pick that Dave Gettleman has gotten rid of. Jason Pierre-Paul, 2010, traded in the offseason. Justin Pugh, 2013, left in free agency, as we know, uh, former Syracuse guy, and now uh, in Arizona. Eric Flowers, 2015, just awful. Awful. One of the worst first-round picks in recent memory, not only for the Giants, but in any draft. He was released two weeks ago. So in exchange for Eli Apple, the Giants got a fourth-round pick in 2019 and a seventh-round pick in 2020 from the Saints. Now, the interesting thing there was they made a trade with the Saints but did not get Teddy Bridgewater in return. Look, any Giant fan knows Eli Manning, to go to that Eli, yeah, that guy, is done. All he had to do was watch Monday Night Football last night or really any football game he's played in this year. And the fact that they went all in on him is understandable in a way, but it's also a caution of where loyalty can get you. And that sounds harsh, right? You sound like a real jerk when you're like, ah, pff, loyalty, forget that. But we can get way too embedded and you can be blinded in football by loyalty. I'm not saying we're there with Dungy and DeVito, but you got to give me more than loyalty. You got to give me more than he's been there for four years to put Eric Dungy on the field. Does that mean he's the best quarterback for Saturday? To me, that's a debatable point. The Giants did this with Eli Manning, and I'm surprised that Dave Gettleman went along with it because that was the natural break. I mean, Ben McAdoo took the hit for it last year. The manner in which he handled it was awful, but he was not wrong in his observation that Eli Manning is not an NFL quarterback anymore. They have Saquon Barkley. They have Odell Beckham Jr. Is it all Eli Manning's fault? Absolutely not. That offensive line is a joke. There are other factors that go into the problems the Giants have, particularly on the offensive side of the ball, but he's the problem. He's not... The entire problem, but he's at the top of the list. And now you got to ride it out with Eli Manning for what? For loyalty? He can't play. He can't make the throws. He can't get out of his own way. And if that is a bad offensive line that the Giants have, and it is, then is he the best quarterback to put out there behind it? Speaking of bad things on Monday Night Football. Lisa says, don't worry about Odell. Nothing but a bathroom break. What? You know, back in my day, Ted, we we would do that on the sideline. I didn't need to go to the to the back for that. We just kind of sit down on the bench and you, you do your business and move on. That's what Bug, we did. Bug, that's too much information. No, it's, no, it's not. No, seriously. No, listen, listen. All these de- these diva wide receivers wanted to go to the bathroom. As a defensive lineman, we didn't go to the bathroom. You sat on the bench, did your business, and you got up. <laughs> oh boy, that's real, Thank you, Bug. I mean, Bug. that's just real. That's why you put Bug up in his own whatever that thing is that he sits in during the game that blocks people's view in the stands. So he can give us observations like that. By the way, Boog, you're going to be blocking people's view in Buffalo in that contraption that you're in? All I have to say to you there is uh, these four words. Good luck with that. Okay? Good luck with that. You've got Bill's Mafia that is going to be partying all day. Monday is basically a holiday because they know the Patriots are going to come in and win. So Bill's fans are going to be busy getting drunk, 
jumping through tables, making viral videos, winning a football game is not on their mind. And they're going to come in, and those people that are in Boog's view, let's just, did they put a plastic, like, bubble around Boog? I like Boog. I actually do like Booger McFarlane. The Monday Night Football broadcast has gone off the rails. I cannot listen to Joe Tessitore. Jason Witten's okay, but you can tell he's new and he's trying to figure out this TV thing. Booger actually makes some astute observations other than when he used to pee on the field. I mean, there's a reason they call Mark Schlereth stink, right? Like, we know this. <laughs> it's what these guys do. You got to go, you got to go, right? But that Old Spice thing they did last night and Tessitore and the Boogermobile and Tessitore and I just, I I can't do it anymore. And the fact, look, I, I will not watch, I will watch, but I will put on K-Rock. K-Rock, our sister station, and listen to John Murphy and Mark Kelso. Just can't do it anymore. So Monday Night Football, not a pleasant experience for a number of reasons. That's hot. And I'm wondering how the Giants are, uh, how aggressive they're going to be here. Is Eli Apple the end of these deals? It certainly can't be if you're Dave Gettleman. You've got to, the phones are open, man. They are open for business. Let's go, giddy up. And it's not just to get through this season. It's to acquire draft picks for the future and to continue to build this thing and try and hide the mistake that you had a bevy of quarterbacks available to you at the number two pick other than Baker Mayfield because he went one, and you went with Saquon Barkley. From the least surprising arrest report of the day department, uh, Denver Broncos quarterback Chad Kelly has been arrested for trespassing. You know Chad Kelly, the nephew of Jim Kelly, a formerly a Syracuse recruiting target, by the way, pardon me, uh, a couple said that Kelly came into their suburban house uninvited and sat down, quote, mumbling incoherently. Uh, Kelly was at a team Halloween party hosted by Vaughn Miller. Uh, the last pick of the 2017 draft, Jim Kelly personally vouched for his nephew to get drafted because, remember, he had been in a little trouble before, kicked off Clemson in 2014 after arguing with coaches at the spring game, arrested after a bar fight in 2014, involved in a brawl at his brother's high school football game. Like, there was a little bit of history there. He did beat out Paxton Lynch, a former first-round pick, by the way, to be the Broncos' backup. So it sounds like my man had a little too much of something at a party and showed up at somebody's house where he shouldn't have been. I mean, who among us hasn't done that? But, see, we all did that in college. Now that you're a grown adult and in the public eye, the way Chad Kelly is, probably not something you want to do. Ryan Rossillo, former ESPN host, now does podcasts and a whole bunch of other things, did the same thing. Remember that story? Got drunk, ended up in somebody else's house. They came home and said, uh, who are you? And these things always happen at 3 in the morning. Now, again, in college, this is routine, right? This is just something. The guy is drunk. Exactly. That It's like once a week I'd come home at the house we lived in. Shout out Herkimer County Community College, baby. They'd be like, oh, who's the random guy this week? Right? Like that's just that's just college. It's accepted. He just, hey, buddy, let's go. Right? Sometimes you couldn't wake him up and you just the next morning you'd be like, Hi, yeah, you slept on my couch for five hours. I did. And we'd be on our way. This was an accepted transaction, right? But when you're a grown adult showing up at somebody else's house, mumbling incoherently. See, that's called trespassing. A little bit of a difference then. As the great philosopher from South Park, Chef, once said, 
There's a time and a place for everything. It's called college. Do it there. In the real world, it's called trespassing. And I will add this. That's hot. Okay, and I want to put my money where my mouth is on this. But we, and you can hear the games right here on ESPN Radio Syracuse, and there are other ways to follow this. They're getting more popular. But when we discuss a team having all five starters back, it's not just the men's team. The Syracuse women's basketball team has all five starters back. It's their highest preseason ranking since joining the ACC in 2013, which is third. They've got really exciting players. Tiana Mahankaihia, who's a preseason All-ACC. Emily Angster is one of the best freshmen in the ACC. Mentioned all five starters back. Like This could be a really good winter of both men's and women's basketball. And again, it's easy for me to say that. I want to put my money where my mouth is. Talk to the players a little bit more. Have Coach Q on a little bit more. Try to go to a couple of games. So just keep that in mind with that season beginning as well. Because I think that women's team can be pretty darn good. And they also taught me about drip. So I'm very appreciative of that. Seth Goldberg does not have the drip. That's for sure. We'll break on that. Now we'll come back. You're on the block. ESPN Radio. Thank you. Bye-bye.